You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. We have today what you might call a PSA, a public service announcement for duck hunters, and it relates to markers that waterfowl researchers often use in their studies and that hunters might encounter Pretty much every hunter, every person that's going to be listening to this will be familiar with leg bands and what they are and how they're used to help study waterfowl. But what hunters and others may not know is there are a variety of other markers commonly referred to generally as auxiliary markers that are used that are deployed on ducks of various sorts to achieve, um, to, to collect certain pieces of information and we have some studies that are occurring this year, actually studies occurring every year, but, but on the podcast earlier this year, we spoke with some guests about a study of wood ducks in the southeastern U.S. that happened to be using a particular type of this auxiliary marker. And so we wanted to bring one of those researchers on to, to tell us more about it and help get the word out about these auxiliary markers, what they are, what hunters need to be looking for, and then provide some guidance to hunters on what they should do if they encounter one of these. So to help me with this, I'm happy to welcome in another grad student that's working on that project, Jake Sherba, uh, graduate student at Clemson University. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Jake, to get started, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you wound up uh, at Clemson. Yeah, sure. So I uh, graduated with my bachelor's in 2018 from the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. Uh, and while I was there, I had a chance to work with our uh, Kennedy Center chair, um, working specifically on wood ducks, where we were uh, adding radio telemetry and uh, doing some point telemetry to figure out nest fate and such. Um but after I graduated, I kind of fell further into waterfowl when I got started working as a field technician on the pilot study for this project. Um, and then uh, after the pilot study or concluded, it was a success, and I was brought on as a graduate student at Clemson to continue the work. And now you are pursuing your master's degree, is that right? Yes, sir. That's correct. Okay. And and how long? How far into this are you? How long? When did you arrive at Clemson? And have we uh, have we gone through one full field season? Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So I started in Clemson at, in uh, 2019, in fall of 2019, and we have completed one full season. I'm actually getting uh, starting to prep for this upcoming field season. Yeah. So here we are recording this in October, and um, and so you've that first field season would have been, would have been concluded, you know, this year. So just to kind of give people some orientation here. Yes, correct. So Jake, what we wanted to talk about today, as I, as I introduced, were these generally what we referred to as auxiliary markers, uh, markers other than leg bands that researchers often use. And I, I guess to, to orient a bit more on 
how that comes into play with respect to to the research on which you're working. I want to go back and and remind people that in season two, I believe it was episode 21, if our notes are correct here, that we had one of your graduate student uh, colleagues, Emily Miller, join us uh, join us on the podcast to discuss a, a rather interesting observation that she and uh, I guess it was actually some of her her assistants or field technicians had made you know during that during this summer where an eastern screech owl had hatched a couple of wood duck ducklings that was the focus of that particular episode but we also took that opportunity to hear from Emily on on the research that you're working on it's a very large scale study of wood duck recruitment from nest boxes across the southeastern US and I believe you even have some study sites and maybe some study colleagues up in Delaware. So I would encourage people to go back and listen to that episode, season two, episode 21. But but Jake, I did want to give you an opportunity to tell us how the how that field season, um, how it went. Uh, was it, how many, how many sites did y'all end up studying? How many nest boxes did y'all end up um, monitoring? Just a few things like that. Fill us in on, on how the summer went. Sure. The, uh, honestly, it was a great field season. Uh, I think we really worked out the, or we had a chance to really work out kinks just right away in the pilot study. So the first field season I thought went really well. Um, we monitored for Clemson, at least our sites, we monitored 570 boxes across four states. So South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Um, and, you know, because it went really well, and part of that, I think, is just because of how great of collaborators we have on the project. This is, a, I think, just a really great example of what collaboration and strong partnerships can do. So we accomplished a lot this year. And I believe you have, across this entire collaborative study, uh, the, the collection includes sites in Louisiana, Mississippi. You mentioned Florida, Georgia, North and South Carolina, but then you also have some in Maryland and Delaware. So just a, a tremendous undertaking involving a number of partners, a number of, of grad students. And as I've said before, we're going to have some of those other, eventually we'll try to get all the grad students that are involved in this research on a podcast. It's going to take us a while because by my count, there may be six grad students. Is that right? There are three of us right now, uh, two of Emily and myself at Clemson and then Dylan Backner in uh, Louisiana at LSU. But uh, but I believe there are they're they're trying to get a couple more on. I see. Okay. Well, we'll eventually try to get everyone on and and hear from the individual perspectives. That's always that's always interesting to hear. Let's see, Jake. I want to move on and and I guess I guess talk specifically about this as I introduced it. This this PSA, an important part of the work that that you're doing in this study to evaluate recruitment. You know the how many wood duck ducklings are produced from from these wood duck boxes and then that survive to the subsequent breeding season. That's kind of our measure of recruitment as I understand it from your study. One of the, you know, we, we can't put, we can't put, put big leg bands on the ducklings. Uh, so that's kind of where some of these auxiliary markers come into play. Waterfowl researchers for many years have always been trying to figure out what kind of little tools do we need to, to help us collect the information uh, that we're interested in and you know, to help us understand more about waterfowl population ecology and habitat associations. And so you can think about leg bands are, of course, the most well-known type of marker from which we get a lot of information about migration patterns 
and and tent homing tendencies to certain regions. But but leg bands can't be used for every particular instance. And this study of wood duck recruitment is a perfect example of that because what we're what you're trying to do is, you know, figure out how many of those ducklings, those small ducklings, actually are produced and then survive to the next breeding season. So what you used is something called web tags. I'm going to turn it over to you to tell us a bit more about this. Why do you use them? What do they look like? Uh, and then how do you how do you put them on the on the ducklings? So web tags are the particular marker that we want to be talking about here and making hunters aware of and where they might encounter them. So Jake, tell us about these web tags, how you use them. Sure. So these are incredibly small, only uh, just a few millimeters in length. And so they're a, a small metal tag that goes in between the uh, webbing of the first two toes on the right foot. And we selected these tags specifically because they work well for small animals like ducklings. We can't place a too large a, a band on a duckling because it'll slip right off. And we don't want to use something smaller because we don't want to constrict growth um, and we don't want to cause any damage to the babies themselves. So these tags are a really great and very minimally invasive method for us to mark the babies and then see how many of them return to uh, to rejoin their their birth populations. I've never used web to I've seen them obviously coming through school I was exposed to them and I've seen them in research applications but none of the research that I ever conducted, depended on the use of, of web tags. Are they made of stainless steel or is it aluminum? Like a lot of the bands are, are aluminum. Now there are some that are a different type of metal alloy, but for the most part, leg bands are, are aluminum. Uh, but what about these web tags? What kind of metal are they made of? From what I understand, they are stainless steel, um, at least from what I'm recalling from looking at the box and stuff. <laughs> and, and they... Each one similar to the convention used with, um, well, with any of these markers, there's typically some type of unique alphanumeric code so, they, so that each individual that's marked with one of these things can be differentiated from all of the others, right? What, is, what kind of number or kind of in, inscription is provided on these little web tags? So we put the, um, on the very, on the bottom of the tag, we have the, uh, the state label. So for Florida, we've got FL just as an example. Uh, and then the top of the tag where it gets sealed on top of the foot has a number, you know, from one to, we get them in, uh, boxes of a thousand. So one through 1000, um, South Carolina this year actually had to get another round of boxes cause they broke the record with, I think, uh, 1,136 ducklings tagged. So they've got a lot going for them there. So Jake, you started talking about numbers there. I want to go ahead and ask you at this point, I'll get back to more of the description of the web tags, but how many total web tags were deployed across all the study sites this year? So for all of our collaborators, we had a total of about 4,400 ducklings tagged across all study sites. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that that's pretty cool. And so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on to tell uh Tell our listeners more about these things so they know to be on the lookout for them. Most every hunter, whenever they harvest a bird and then go and retrieve it, they're going to look at the leg. What they might not do or know to do is to look at the web tag or look at the, the webbing on the duck's foot. And, and that's where these web tags come in. So it's a little, as you've described, it's a little piece of metal. Um, my, uh, let's see, what's it, what are going to be the dimensions of this thing? Maybe three millimeters by five, six millimeters in size, something like that. Yeah, something like that. 
Okay, so very small, and it has to be very small because these things are put on when the ducklings are are just like a day old, right? Because you have to go, anybody that knows anything about ducklings, they're what we call precocial. Within about 24 hours of hatching, those ducklings are dried off. They're fluffy little balls, of, uh, basically fluffy little balls of protein <laughs> as viewed by every predator <laughs> in the environment. And, and then they're out on the water. And so you, you kind of have to catch them in the nest. And, uh, and actually, I think in some cases, we've seen this with uh, some of our previous videos, um, you will actually mark the duckling while it's still in the shell as it's, as it's uh, beginning to hatch. You can sometimes kind of break it open and pull out the, the leg. And have, do I have that right? Sometimes that's actually the, the case, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to try and get as many of them as possible. So if it's, if they're at a point where they're pretty much on their way out, we can kind of help them out a little bit and get at least one leg out and tag that duckling while they're still kind of working their way out of the egg. Yeah. And so another piece of information here, the reason that we can do that, and I, these, you'll have a clutch of nine eggs or something uh, on average, nine or 10. Actually, a wood duck is going to be a little bit larger than that. But yeah. uh, all of these eggs are going to hatch within about 24 hours of one another. And then with about 24 hours of the last one hatching, they'll all be gone. But we can, we we can zero in on that day of hatch because we understand the incubation rhythms, the incubation periods. And so we can kind of, we can figure out, oh, hey, when do we need to be there at the nest to 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 get these ducklings before they exit the box? So that's kind of how our understanding of the ecology of these species uh, becomes. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Comes really valuable. So, Jake, what I'm going to try to do, I know earlier this summer you you recorded a very informative video showing the process of attaching a web tag. You have a little uh, duckling in your hand and you show how you, you pierce the, the, the webbing and then you use a special set of pliers to crimp it and all that kind of stuff. You produced a great video. I'm going to see if our, our Ducks Unlimited social media accounts can... Um, can send that out, can share that. So uh, when people hear this, we'll try to get this timed up so that the, um, people will be able to go see that video and understand exactly what it is that we're talking about. But but it's very important because these things are really small that for, for wood ducks, um, just be on the lookout for these little small stainless steel tags that are going to be in the webbing of some of these, uh, well, what will be hatchier ducks, you know, by the, by the time harvest season comes around. So, Jake, what do we know about the retention rate on these things? Uh, I've read some things in the past about how you, know, you can lose these, they can rip through the skin. Um, but wh- what do we know about, uh, about the retention rate on these? The retention rate has been well enough for us to consider or to continue using them. So just based off of uh, recaptures from this year uh, for South Carolina, we had 12 hens return or 12 yearling hens return uh, and 10 of them retained both tags that they use or that we used and two of them had one tag still remaining in the foot. So we would consider that to be a great retention rate and perfectly uh, fine to continue using web tags as a marking method. So you, you put tags on both feet. Do I understand that? 
or is that just part of the study? That year for the pilot study, we put, uh, we double web tagged. This was something that was changed. Uh, our protocols changed for this year. So our um, yearling hens this year who are returning will find a single tag in the right foot. Hunters, if you harvest a wood duck, you're always going to look for a band. We know that. Uh, but also be on the lookout for these little web tags. And these, the ducklings that were equipped with these, with these web tags would not have received a leg band unless they were recaptured later in the summer as part of some other wood duck banding program. But, but otherwise, a lot of these ducklings and eventually what will become eventual duck, you know, uh, mature adults will have nothing but these little stainless steel web tags. So, all right, now, Jake, the question is, if a hunter encounters these, what do they do? Can they report these to the bird banding lab the same way they do um, a, a band? Yes, please report them. Uh, though these can definitely be reported on the USGS bird banding lab site. Um, the, what's going to be different though is you're not going to select, I believe the option is a metal leg band. There's three options on the website. You're going to select the option that says color marker only. Um, You'll fill out some info on the first page, but then the second page of that site is where you can select a metal web or toe tag. And that you'll select that option and you can fill in the information that's on the tag itself. The website is reportband.gov. Reportband.gov. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So that covers our web tags. I want to, I want to make people aware of a few other auxiliary markers that, that they might encounter and, and, we would encourage them to report uh, in some way or another. Like I said at the outset, researchers use a variety of markers for for study purposes to gather pieces of information. Other things, other devices that hunters may encounter would include radio transmitters. Uh, a lot of these are going to be external uh, transmitters, but then there may be some that are internal transmitters. Uh, anybody that's on social media will probably have seen some post. Every, every hunting season, somebody will make a post about how they shot this bird that has a has an internal transmitter, and the only thing that you can see in some of them is an antenna that penetrates through the skin, and, and then the methodology by, what, by which all of this occurs, you know, can be described later on. But some of these internal transmitters have an external antenna. Uh, some of those birds will have just uh, will have the transmitter just uh, which includes the antenna inside. So it would be totally enclosed. There would be no external antenna. Now, all of these birds that I'm talking about now are, are likely to have some type of leg band associated with them. So that's going to also tip you off of, you know, to kind of look, uh, look for some things, look for some additional things. Um, there will also, you may also encounter what we are now calling geolocators. Those are little small devices. Uh, it looks like a little, a miniature circuit encased in some clear epoxy that is typically attached to some type of plastic leg band. Those birds will also typically have another metal leg band of some sort attached to it. If you come across those, it's very important that you report the leg band as well as try to get in touch with the researcher. All of these markers, um, with the exception of the, the web tag, which we've we've kind of described as how you can report it on uh, on the, the banding site, all of these other devices are typically going to have some sort of communication, some sort of inscription that will tell you how to get in touch with the researcher or research agency uh, to report those. Some of these, such as the geolocators, require them to be reported 
in order for us to get the data back, some of them, the transmitters are actually providing locational data and other types of data in real time back to the researchers. But some of these, such as geolocators, which help us with a variety of pieces of, of data, require the actual device to be in hand, and then we have to extract the information from that. But I just want to clarify, those types of, of devices were not used in in the study that we're talking about here with Jake, uh, with Jake, I just wanted to make people aware that there are a variety of other types of, of markers that that we want to encourage people to be on the lookout for and and report if you come across those. Uh, Jake, I am correct in that, right? Y'all aren't using geolocators or transmitters or any of those other markers? That's correct. Just the leg bands and the web tags. Well, Jake, I want to, we're going to start wrapping up here, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to, you know, I guess give a shout out to some of your partners there in, in uh, South Carolina, the, the study sites that you worked on. I, I certainly don't expect you to be able to uh, acknowledge all the partners across all all study sites, but at least for, for your work, uh, give a shout out to all your partners and then any other information that you wanted to share. Yeah, of course. So especially for Emily and myself, thanks to Clemson University and the Nemours Wildlife Foundation are fantastic and have really made a lot of things possible for us and for this study. Uh, for our sites in particular, South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, and then for North Carolina, it's the Matamuskeet and Roanoke River National Wildlife Refuges. They have provided so much for us in terms of boxes, uh, equipment, really everything that we could possibly need to get out in the field and collect the data that we need. So it's it's really been great working with all of these agencies. Well, thank you, Jake. And and like I said, we will we'll do our best to get all your other graduate student colleagues on the podcast at some point in the future and hear about other unique aspects of this very ambitious study. Um, I, I guess a couple of things to, to close with, this study being in mostly the southeastern U.S., but also some sites up in the, the mid-Atlantic, these web tags, at least on these wood ducks, are most likely to be encountered in the, the southern reaches of the Mississippi and Atlantic Flyway. But the message of, of being on the lookout for, for these markers applies universally across all areas where, where waterfowl occur and where harvest occurs. Uh, but in, but in, with specific regard to this study, uh, these encounters are most likely to occur in the lower Mississippi and Atlantic Flyways. And as always, uh, hunters... Report the bands, report any other markers that you're able to come across. We thank you for providing that information. It fills important gaps in, in our understanding of waterfowl populations and provides really important pieces of data for that purpose. Uh, Jake, with that, we're going to wrap up here. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Ducks Unlimited podcast and for all the great work that you're doing there with the research. Thank you. This was great. A special thanks to our guest on today's episode, Jake Sherba, graduate student at Clemson University. We certainly appreciate his time and insight and guidance on what to do if a hunter encounters a web tag, in this case on these wood ducks in the Mississippi and Atlantic flyways. Uh, we thank our producer, Clay Baird, who does a great job with all aspects of the podcast and getting these out to you. And of course, to you, the listeners, we thank you for spending your time with us. We thank you for your support of the podcast. And we also thank you for your support, passion, and commitment to wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited.
Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.